Greetings and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on society today. As we try to teach you what we have learned in our personal journey through YouTube, as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with the world. Before we, Jen, before we get into the main topic today, before we introduce our topic, um, this is our section for the five-star question of the week. Yes. And us being such a new podcast, we have two five-star reviews. Yes. One from myself (laughs) and one from you. I know. But We know other people are listening. We do know other people are listening. Uh, However, they have not heard... I think us ask for this yeah. just yet. Um, so for those listening, if you want to ask a question on the show for us to answer in this portion of the podcast, go on iTunes, leave us a review, ask us a question, leave us some feedback, and we will do our best. I will do my best to answer your question on a future podcast episode. But today, I want to give a shout out to actually a YouTube subscriber of ours, someone that comments on almost every single one of our videos. I only know this person by the, their YouTube handle as my daddy's green eyes. Um, and we got a public comment. That's the only reason I'm talking about this publicly, but we got a public comment from him or her. I'm going to guess it's a her. I'm not exactly I'm sure. sure. Um, but my daddy's green eyes commented on a recent video of ours and said, hey, I'm so sorry that I haven't commented on the last few videos. Uh, I have daily videos that go up. I've been in the hospital with COVID in both lungs, and it's it's been an ordeal. Um, and so, my daddy's green eyes. If you ever get to listen to this podcast, or if you if you transition from YouTube over to our podcast here, we just wanted to give you a shout out, let you know that we're thinking of you. We're thinking of you. Uh, we have you in our prayers, and, and we hope you're doing better and feeling better by the time you hear this. Absolutely. So, shout out to to my daddy's green eyes. Uh, they comment literally on almost every single one yes, of our videos. Yes, and we love the comments. We read all the comments, so. Yeah, so um, shout out to My Daddy's Green Eyes, and and please go leave us a review in iTunes uh, and tell your friends uh, and family about the, the podcast. A lot of folks know that the United States has the nickname Uncle Sam, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people don't know that the United States got the nickname Uncle Sam because in 1813... There was a meat packer named Samuel Wilson from Troy, New York. Samuel Wilson supplied barrels of beef to the United States Army during the War of 1812, and he stamped them with U.S. for United States. And eventually the soldiers began referring to the food as Uncle Sam's Mm -hmm. after Sam Wilson. A local newspaper picked up the story, and Uncle Sam eventually gained widespread acceptance as the nickname for the U.S. federal government. But where did Uncle Sam's iconic image come from? So, Jen, we're going to talk ju- about that. So why don't you tell us about our subject today? So before Ringling Brothers, before Barnum and Bailey, there was Dan Rice. And today we're going to talk about Dan Rice. He is the most famous person you've never heard of. Yeah. And he was our fifth episode of Walk With History. And so why are we picking these subjects? So number one, I found that interesting that we get our depiction of Uncle Sam from this circus clown personality named Dan Rice and that he 
was he had a winter home from 1953 to 1975 in the town next to us when we lived. Oh, yeah, 1853. Sorry, 1853 to 1875 in the town next to us um, in Erie, PA. In Girard, Pennsylvania. Yes. So the whole premise of Walk With History is to have personal access to the locations. So there's a marker in the town, and we would drive by it, and we would read it. And I was like, there's more to this story. There's more to this person and so we we've heard about dan rice days we heard about yeah so the first weekend in august gerard does a three-day weekend of dan rice days they celebrate him they have a parade they have vendors come out and celebrate it's like a carnival and they've been doing that since 1975 and so um i just wanted to learn more about this so the the whole premise of walk with history is not just very interesting topics but access to those very interesting topics. So being able to go to those locations. Yeah, we are we are literally walking in the locations where history happened. Yes. And we're 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 looking at these historical markers and we're looking at not only the physical impact but the the impact that has kind of continued today. to resonate mm-hmm. through today. So so talk about talk about Dan Rice and kind of what he did back then that was unique that made him the most famous person that we have never <laughs> heard of. Yeah, so Dan, he wasn't, Dan Rice wasn't born in Girard. He was born actually in New York City in 1823. And like I said, he had the winter home for his circus in Girard from 1852 to 1875. And that was kind of the height of his popularity. And circuses, you know, they're traveling exhibits. They come from the Roman times where you would bring they used to be stationary were wooden buildings where people would come and visit and see horses and there would be like combat and things like that. Dan Rice was one of the first people, he claims to be one of the first people to use canvas tents and move the circus around. So, cause it used to be in arenas. You could see the circus in big towns with big arenas. But once you start to have access to a tent, you can move the circus to smaller parts of the country. So now you're getting into rural areas that don't have access to these big buildings, but you can have access to large fields and put up the tents and you're bringing all of that culture to the small town. Yeah. And if I remember right, I mean, you kind of drive home the point in the video of for a lot of small towns throughout America at that time in the late 1800s, this was really the only kind of outside influence and outside culture, outside anything that they saw. Yes. So this is like, you're getting these trains coming in, all these people, menageries of animals and and performers, performers, freak shows, for lack of a better term, that's what they call it, oddities. So all of this access to small towns that they've never had. So this influence of the circus, it's a huge influence on America's culture. And so the circus clown in areas that are too long or too big to hear speech, the circus clown has this dialogue that is spoken through acrobatic skill or big demonstrative movements or clothing and things like that. So the circus clown is using this flamboyant acting to convey emotion 
and a story to the people. And so that's kind of where you're getting this universal communication from the circus clown to the people. Yeah. And if if we go back to our, our previous episode, right, talking about Lucille Ball and mm-hmm. vaudeville, yep. vaudeville is kind of an evolution yes. of the circus. So think about these big performers. And that's one of the things I found so interesting, right? Even back then, you didn't have to speak People in living in rural areas didn't have to be able to read the signs. They didn't have to be able to know this stuff. Yes. Right? It was physical comedy. It's physical comedy. And Dan Rice, they say, is he was the 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 birth. The idea of vaudeville came from him wow. because he did these shows. He did a vaudeville type show. Novelty acts were part of his circus, having the quick transition of novelty acts and to do something in between setting up the larger events, he would do little acts just like a vaudeville show. So he, they say he was the father of vaudeville and he would, he would do it. So he would be wearing a flamboyant outfit, which was like the star spangled coat and the red and white striped pants and a big top hat that's red and blue and white with a white beard and so this very patriotic American looking clown is becoming the most, they say, if because this is before radio, before TV, that he, he was a household name. He was a pop culture celebrity in a time when you didn't have radio and TV. Yeah, if, if people think about, if they can picture some of those old Ringling Brothers mm-hmm. posters. Yes. Right, the things we know today, because they kind of outlasted Dan Rice and his traveling circus a little bit better. Right, they they translated further. Yes. But when in doing the research as far as making the video for this, I found posters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you just Google Dan Rice, and you'll you'll find a mm-hmm. hundred different things, and it's big old posters and newspapers. And yeah, stuff. I was trying to think of like what household name would you think of. Like Johnny Carson, maybe to our our parents, maybe to us, maybe like a Jimmy Fallon, like someone who's doing commentary, someone who's doing something that he's a household name based on a show that he's producing daily or monthly or you know, his circus is traveling from town to town. Everyone is aware of Dan Rice. Right. And so that is who he is. Everyone knows him. And for a time, it's the most famous show. I mean, he has fans. Mark Twain was a fan. Walt Whitman was a fan. So he's very influential. I think Zachary Taylor is a huge fan. The president president is a huge fan. So it's, um, he does political commentary too. Yeah. So, so you mentioned Zachary Taylor, the president. Mm -hmm. So, so there's some, there's more that kind of evolved around, right? Politicians. Yes. Right. It wasn't just the president. It was congressmen and yeah, so he's making fun of both show. sides. He's making fun of, I mean, because America, you think in the 1850s, there's lots of angst going on. This is pre-Civil War. There's a lot of different points of views. And he, since he's traveling America, he's inundated with these different points of political view. So what he does is he makes fun of both. He kind of gives both sides a hard time for their ridiculousness and jokes about them and I mean, Zachary Taylor thinks it's funny. It's like almost being roasted kind of thing. He comes up, he coins the term, get on the bandwagon. So one of his shows would have like a bandwagon jumping around for yeah. different ideas. And you could 
jump on the bandwagon if that was the idea you supported. Um, he also claims to come up with the greatest show, like that was his like coined term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's this man who has this huge circus, and he decides to come to Gerard to winter. So what does that mean? That means in the winter months, they would come there, they build these huge barns, these huge arenas to practice their acts over the winter and let the animals have a chance to rest and just convalesce for the winter months with the circus. So they're coming into this small rural town. Northwestern Pennsylvania. Yes, to bring this big, huge circus that's popular across America into this small area. So the people at first aren't very welcoming, but he ends up... He ends up marrying in 1861. He ends up marrying one of the prominent businessmen's daughter. He he marries her on her 18th birthday. He's 38 at the time. And they, you know, they quickly have children and he gets accepted by the town. And this really puts the town on the map. But in our video, and you'll see, like, why does he pick Gerard, right? Like, what's the whole point? And this is kind of our one of our first experiences with going to a graveyard and using find a grave because it was Allegrippa Martin who is an animal trainer and he actually is a famous animal trainer. He trained Hannibal the elephant. So again, if you look up famous circus acts, Hannibal was a famous circus act. Yeah, and, and even I, right, again, not a, his, not a history mm. buff, even I was like, I've heard yes. of that particular elephant. Yes, so this is before elephants are, I mean, they're being brought over to America and again, they're being shown to the, the country and they're training them. So Hannibal, they would train him to kind of like, you know, st- stand on one foot and swing from the tusks. And I know it sounds crazy, but he, people would swing from the tusks and stuff like, he would do those things. He was a trained elephant and Alagrippa Martin was his trainer and he was from Gerard. And he was friends with Dan Rice. He was part of his circus. So when Dan Rice was looking for an area, he suggested his hometown. And that is why he brought it to Gerard. So we find his grave. So, you know, when you're doing this work, most cemeteries have an office where you can go in and ask, where is this grave located? Gerard Cemetery does not. But what we were able to find was a picture of the grave. So you and I drove around trying to match that picture. Yeah, and I, I believe you said the the website that we use, and if folks have never heard of it, it's called Find a Grave. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, it's a fantastic works, website. It works very well. Mm-hmm. But we found it, and we were able to stand there. So if you watch the video, we stand there. But like, I'm, I'm learning things along the way. We missed, like, he, Dan Rice's widow, um, Charlotte, his, his wife that he marries, the 18-year-old that he marries, um, Charlotte, McConnell is actually buried there. So we didn't go to her grave. Actually, one of the children is buried there. We didn't go to their grave. So we, there was more things we could have seen there that we didn't go to. Um, They actually, they actually get divorced in 1881. So they're only married for 20 years. But, and I don't think she ever remarries and she stays there in Gerard. Yeah. And, and one of the interesting things about these videos, especially when we're when you're filming in a location where it's relatively rural, right? We lived in the Erie area for mm-hmm. a couple of years and, and learning stuff from the locals. So, yes. so I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I learned while 
while making this video. So I, and it was actually after the after we made it, or maybe just before. And I remember being at work and talking to now retired Navy Chief Anglikowski. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, hey, yeah, we were just down in Girard and we were filming this thing. And I, I ended up talking and somehow this Dan Rice came up and the monument, there's a monument in Girard. Yes. There's like a kind of a, a pedestal. It's a Civil War monument. Civil War monument, yep. mm-hmm. right? So we, I start talking about the monument and he just looks at me. He's like, and I see this the look on his face and he's looking at me like, I know more than this about you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, so I stopped talking and he's like, well, do you know why the eagle that's on top of the monument yes. is facing the direction that it was? And I was like, oh, I'm about to get a lesson. Here. <laughs> and he starts telling me how the eagle is facing west because that's where the, Folk. Pers- yes. that's where the person who mm-hmm. made it's from Chicago. Is from Chicago, the person who made the monument. He starts telling me all these facts about Dan Rice, yes. and Dan Rice days, and all this stuff. And that's one of the cool things about doing these YouTube videos and our history walks is we talk to people from the area. Yes, and you'd be surprised when you do things like this at how much local people know. Like, oh yeah, I've been doing Dan Rice days for like my whole life exactly. because I'm from Gerard, and they just kind of rattle off all these things about. Again, the most famous person that we've never heard of. We never heard of. And so you have the marker there. So what he's talking about is a Civil War. In 1863, Dan Rice commissioned a Civil War monument to go up in the middle of Girard. And it's a pillar, not an obelisk. And it has an eagle on top. And it's he commissions it by um, a sculptor named Volk. And Volk is kind of famous. He did Abraham Lincoln's death mask. That's right. So... He's commissioned to do the sculpture and he pays all this money for it and he brings it in. Huge 10,000 people show up and the city, again, this is two years after he has married Charlotte. People think, is he doing this to get in our good graces? Because this is considered the first U.S. Civil War monument to be erected in uh, in the U.S. Because it's, it's the very first one. Yeah, because it's 1863. Civil War isn't even over yet. Oh, wow. So... Is he doing it to get in everyone's good graces? Is he doing it because he actually feels this way? No one knows for sure. I kind of talk about that on the video. Yeah. Um, but he commissions it. It, co- it comes into huge fanfare, and it's it's erected right in the middle. It's still there today. And so we show all of it. And what's also neat is the city is proud of Dan Rice. So they still have the pillars from his house. You got the historical markers up. You have the historical markers. And they have the two lions that were in front of his house that are in front of City Hall. And then the pillars, there's four pillars. So two of them are right there by the monument. And two are where we used to take the boys to baseball. Remember? Oh, that's right. They, had, they moved the two pillars there, too. So they, they keep that history. In, and they, those, those used to mark his property lines? Those would mark his property lines for his house, his huge mansion that he built. And then they also have that big mural. And that's kind of what we talk in front of in the video. And we depict his outfit and how that outfit was used as the model for Harper's Bazaar when they depicted, when they drew Uncle Sam. They drew Uncle Sam off of what Dan Rice wore when he was the clown in his circus. Yeah. So if people get a chance to go watch the video, it's, it's very interesting. But this mural, we're standing there for a while, so it's not a quick picture. You get to see it for quite a while. You'll see this character and you think like, oh, that's just a poor copy of Uncle Sam. And it's actually not. That's actually the, the depiction of Dan Rice in his 
standard, what became standard, Dan Rice circus costume, that Harper's Bazaar, who ended up coming up with that Uncle Sam poster, mm-hmm. the I Want You. Yeah, and you see and that all based, the time. They based it off of him, and that's Uncle Sam. I mean, that's the representation of the United States. If you say, like, this picture, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like, oh, that's Uncle Sam, right? That's Yeah, I mean, Schoolhouse Rock, I think, would use him talking to people as America. Like, this is America talking. So, yeah, that's Dan Rice. So he's, like, again, the famous person you never heard of. And there's a book. Um, that has that same title that goes all into his life and gives all the information. But um, yeah, that's why we picked that video. That's why we did it. And I think we did it on a day date. So yep. made it easy for us to film it yep. without the kids. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because we talk about some pretty famous comedians have mm-hmm. kind of mentioned him, yeah. you know, like John Stewart, Yes, you know, so like folks like that, right. Political commentary, is birthed, it is birthed, you know, he, he, we call him, we, in the video, we kind of call him the father of political commentary. Mm-hmm. And back then that was part of his circus act, just making fun of the people that everybody know. And back then it was politicians, the president, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, and his, after he divorces Charlotte, he kind of succumbs to alcoholism. His star falls relatively quickly. And, and then after the civil war, and I talk about this, after radio, after the Civil War, really after World War II, circuses basically fall because you have TV. You have access to exotic animals and great shows and movies. And and it it really, it transitioned, right? Think Mm -hmm. think of the transition of circus Mm -hmm. to vaudeville. Yes. To television. To television. Right? So think about the the podcast that we've done. We've done Dan Rice, Mm -hmm. Circus, We've done some vaudeville folks, yes. Bob Hope, Lucille Ball, Ball yes. on to television. Jimmy right? Stewart. And Jimmy well, yeah. Stewart mm-hmm. and Lucille Ball, and again, Bob Hope as well. So there's that. There's an interesting transition there. There is. That I never, again, I don't think you, until you started learning about Dan Rice, was just like, holy cow, like this guy, the the, the ripples in, in history and time that he has left, yeah. people see them, but they don't know that he was the stone that was dropped in the lake. Yeah. He did it. And so, yeah, and he, he dies pretty penniless and obscure. I think his, his grave is in New Jersey. I think people still leave flowers and things, but um, he has his last tour in 1885, and then he dies in 1900 at 77 years old. So most people have forgotten Dan Rice, but his impact is still felt today, for sure. Anytime you see political commentary, that's... Dan Rice started all of that, and he it worked. It was the people want to see that. The people want to see when they're being ridiculous in their ideas, and they I think people still want to laugh at themselves, and he was very good at doing that. And people today, you know, when they're really good at doing that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, th- this was just a, such an interesting one to make because it was a small town Pennsylvania but here is this historical character who really, when you learn about him and the effects that he had, um, it's just super interesting. So again, not many people know Dan Rice, the circus performer, but most people do know that iconic image that inspired the Army recruiting posters with our very own Uncle Sam on there pointing at you with that statement of, I want you for the U.S. Army. And while Dan Rice may have passed away to little fanfare, his impact on society echoes throughout today. Through the political commentary of so many late night comedians, 
and even through something as simple as inspiring the phrase, jump on the bandwagon. Just as we hope you, our listeners, are jumping on the Talk With History bandwagon today. So again, thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them. We rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time.